0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of May 2nd, 2020. Turns out the breweries are losing a lot of money by not having tap rooms open. Who knew? Brewers Association has layoffs.
1: Scotch finds a way. Welcome to Whiskey Park.
2: And the greatest tragedy of our times. All this and more on Have a Drink News.
0: Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into it. Indeed.
0: Well... As to be expected, money has been lost.
2: <laughs> hmm. You don't see Really that? shocking, that.
0: Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, on-premise shutdowns could cost the beer industry $8 billion.
1: I'm really glad I set down my beer before I did that. I didn't want to have to clean up the spit take. <laughs>
2: really? that's, that's eight original ballast points. Yes, uh, a lot of ballast points. That the, is.
0: The near nationwide shutdown of the on-premise channel will result... In a loss of $8 billion for the beer industry, if it continues into June, the National Beer Wholesalers Association Chief Economist, Lester Jones, said during a State of the Industry webinar hosted by the NBWA and the Beer Institute last week.
1: I feel like we're going to have to get really used to the word webinar.
0: I i mean, we already are.
1: <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, I, I still hear it in this part of me it goes, webinar really we couldn't get people yes we couldn't we couldn't get them together <laughs> we literally can't anymore yes um
0: quote we really need to step up our conversations and talk about the loss here to the industry significant uh it's not going to be made up through grocery stores and 30 packs and cases people are stashing in their garages it will need it will not be compensated by those additional off-premise purchases and of course the longer the shutdown the greater the loss
1: man i have to go by growlers tomorrow i think <laughs> mm. like just thinking, just on principle now i'm like man that's real set i'm gonna have to go down there and buy a growler
2: look yeah. it starts getting expensive and a lot of breweries aren't uh using their like it's not like oh just bring in your growlers They're like no you gotta buy a new glass every time
1: yeah look i don't have glass I, it's fine right um
0: yeah so it says on-premise sales account for nine percent of the industry's 320 billion dollar annual economic impact which translates to $3.1 billion per month. If a quarter of the on-premise channel reopens in May and half reopens in June, the beer industry stands to lose $8 billion. Ugh. As states begin laying out plans for the reopening of their economies, the beer industry will need to consider the health of geographic markets when deciding how to return to the shuttered on-premise channel. Uh, the new marketing strategies won't just be income and demographics and advertising. There will be a certain amount of health policy that overlays marketing strategies for brewers. Uh, where, Where can I send my beer safely, knowing that the bars and restaurants and taverns will be open? And where should I not go? So using insights from health data and management solutions, a Chicago-based health analytics firm, uh, Jones showed how age, underlying health conditions, and infection rates intersect to determine a geographic region's safeness for social interactions. Wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, I'm also thinking about this going, yeah, they're hoping to open by June. I, I, we're we're pretty sure this is going to hit again at the end of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there's, I mean, anybody who's been following it even a little bit, I mean, it, it, there's, it'll likely be a whole other thing in fall when
2: Well, that's you know, so moving forward. Everyone's going to try and prepare a little better for this. yeah But what's going to hurt is <clears throat> a lot of these tap rooms that are used to like, you know, big hustle and bustle. It's like, no, you've got to You've got to kill that. I mean, yeah. you got to cut it. They, they got to start spacing seating out. They got to find a way to keep that. Because if they can keep everyone distance, we may avoid that. You know, the big spike in the fall. Yeah, but it's just it just means everyone's going to have be doing business. They're just going to be doing really terrible business.
1: We are going to be doing the social distancing thing for some time.
0: Yeah. Which, um.
1: I mean, also as you were describing, like how they're having to rearrange setups and seating for that. I'm just thinking, like, man, my roommate's gonna be watching some weird episodes of Bar Rescue now. <laughs>
0: Seriously, oh
2: man! Well, oh, take and a drink of this. That... Any
0: of those shows really, like, what what's gonna happen there? But uh,
2: that orange mango, holy crap! Right?
0: talk They talk about um, the swing in um, just beer purchases. Uh, around so like let's this is two weeks later so like the end of march basically um depletions nosedived well below 2019 levels as consumers had loaded their pantries up and didn't need to shop anymore mm. the week of april 6 depletions were back on track with 2019 levels um this idea that there's this massive amount of consumption and all this partying going on uh, it's beer lands in people's homes. It just takes them a while to burn
1: through that pantry. <laughs> yeah, uh, there people aren't like, you know, getting hammered at home all the time. It's just before it's like, oh, maybe we have some people. Maybe I have an extra drink or two mm-hmm. or you'll go out and you'll have a couple extra drinks. Maybe you don't plan on a whole lot. Now it's like, well, got one in the fridge. I can drink that. Maybe I'll just have a water tonight instead. That's Then I'll get, you know, I'll get some of that later. It's fine.
2: Yeah, or you're like me, and you you look over at the fridge, and you've know you've got like six crowlers stashed <laughs> away, and they are like, I need to drink those. Yeah, <laughs> I are, bought you, them you, to support breweries. Now I'm like, I need to drink the beer.
0: <laughs> and you strongly consider buying a uh, separate beer fridge. No,
2: <laughs> well, there's no there's no strongly consider. That's going to be a purchase. I'm just gonna have, to have someone help me carry it.
1: <laughs> All right, I've, as long as you don't buy it in the next state. <clears throat>
2: No, it's going to be at the lows just down the
1: street. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, but yeah, so going to be uh, as assumed. Going to be a rough time for uh, for the uh, for the beer industry, especially for you know smaller brewers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least the Brewers Association is doing okay, though, right? They're no, no, as it, no as, harsh, no harsh, harsh loss in revenue there, right?
2: No, as it turns out, uh, the loss of business for the Brewers directly affects the Brewers Association. Oh. So the Brewers Association has laid off 23 percent of its staff last week in order to maintain the long term viability of the National Trade Group, which represents the interest of small, independent U.S. craft brewers. If you didn't already know, the Brewers Association announced, I always want to say barrel aged because they always be. I know a. I, it's it's it's. Every time. The barrel age announced <laughs> the job cuts on its website Monday. Oh, I shouldn't be laughing reading that. We thoughtfully, carefully, and painfully wait options to arrive at those decisions. The, the I'll just say BA. The BA. <laughs> we believe these actions will help the association weather the storm at this time and to remain committed to its purpose to promote and protect American craft brewers, their beers, and the community of brewing enthusiasts. B.A. said it continues to work with the laid-off workers to help them navigate this transition. In addition to the job cuts, the B.A. said it has enacted <clears throat> tiered salary reduction for its management team, in addition to operational budget cuts made earlier in April. Several craft brewing companies across the country have laid off or furloughed workers since mid-March, when the novel coronavirus forced the shutdown of on-premise retail sales at brewery, tap rooms, tasting rooms, bars, and restaurants in the US. Among those companies are Deschutes, Stone, Russian River, Great Lakes, Strauss, Coronado, McMenimus? McMenimus?
1: McMenimus? Mc McMenimus? Mc
2: m- 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 not gonna work here anymore. McMenimus? in business anymore. Uh, founders and many others. An early April survey conducted by the BA revealed the financial pressures uh, COVID-19 is putting on the craft brewing industry as 46.4% of respondents said their breweries would likely only stay in business for up to three months. Oh. 12.7% of respondents said they could stay afloat for another one to four weeks, and 2 to 5% respondents said they were planning to close. Those results uh, project that thousands of the eight thousand two hundred and seventy-five craft beer companies in the U.S. will close their doors. So that
1: hurts. It does hurt. Here's here's a thought that that put into my head. What's what's more likely to happen? Small breweries picking up. Uh, picking up where they left, you know, trying to buy out their, their remaining stuff, maybe trying to reopen in some of those locations or buying their stuff to open up in different locations or big. So I, I just, I, I'm afraid of big, big beer companies. coming going go in. Hmm. Yeah. Let's just put something here just to make sure nothing comes up in its place. It's uh
2: yeah. Well, you're seeing a number of things. So Cincinnati, I was on, uh, uh, the brewcast with gnome gnarly gnome since brewcast and i was all doom and gloom on there saying i believe that you we were going to see when this was all said and done within the next it could be in the next two years you were going to end up seeing uh, i pessimistically said half of the breweries in the greater area probably close and this would be a, a result like it'd be a result of what's going on right now and uh, so far that has extremely not been the case because I'd preface the whole thing by saying, please don't let me be right. I don't want to be right. I'm just afraid I will be right. Right. And in that they're saying already, no, there are already a number of breweries getting ready to open. So not <laughs> only have we not lost any in the Cincinnati area, we are going to be coming out of this positive in the breweries.
1: <laughs> That's uh that seems like the most Cincinnati thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>
2: Everyone's depressed, and the economy's in the toilet. Everyone looks at Cincinnati. What's going on there? I don't know. A lot of drinking.
1: (laughs) Cincinnati, how will you solve this problem?
2: (laughs) We'll stimulate the local economy. This is
0: the home of the Reds and the Bengals. We'll we'll be fine. (laughs)
1: Uh, I mean... We're used to weird (laughs) crap. Maybe the Reds. I mean...
2: But in all seriousness, I think this is going to spur a lot of uh, transition. Like people are going to amp things up. So we've seen uh, Casey, who's not with us uh, on this particular show right now, but his brewery, uh, Broken Throne, has it spurred them into can sales much quicker than they would have initially gone. But now they are in that market going now. Like they are, they keep a fridge stocked with cans, and uh, they are doing pickups. Casey's in the chat. He's he's basically here. <laughs> basically here but yeah it like it spurred them into this much faster that like it, it was sink or swim and they it, they got there like they had to do it so they got there and <laughs> they're churning the churning the cans out now and I'm not even complaining because I'd been wanting to get a bunch of cans to bring back with me <laughs> getting down to them uh
1: <laughs> sorry I'm just picturing like oh no we're d- down in the can farms it's simple <laughs> work but it's honest <laughs>
2: uh well, but it's going to I think you're just going to see a shift and it's going to be the breweries who could make the shift to this carry out style of business. And it not didn't, didn't even have to be, you know, cans. It could as long as you could support a crawler or I mean, growler business.
1: Yeah. Kind of thing. There's 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 going to be a lot of a lot of ways for, for you know, at the very least forward thinking ones are going to be able to kind of keep keep going. Some are going to have harder times than others, but they're. Everyone's doing their best to kind of make it easy, you know?
2: Yeah. Uh, I would
1: say there's a lot of, like, you know, government loan money you can take, but that fund is empty.
2: uh, Yeah, that one, that well is dry. So, um, if you're interested, tickets are still on sale for the Brew Association's next event, the American Home Brewers Association, Homebrew Con, which is slated to take place June 18th through the 20th in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean... They but they've
0: canceled. had to two other events. Yeah. yeah,
1: they've canceled a couple others. So, you know, we're waiting to see, I guess. So Tennessee is not that far. <laughs> yeah. Look, Andy said you can't be going. To- oh, that's right. Never mind that. Never you mind. You're, you're right. It is Tennessee. It's a hotbed of disease and, Should, and evil. Yeah. Shade. We,
2: we do not. We do not go near Tennessee. That is the.
1: Sorry, I forgot myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you know, oh, go ahead. Forgot about Andy. I did forget about Andy. Uh, you know what I'd be happy to do the second uh, Andy says it's OK to go go abroad. Hmm? <laughs> Let's head over to Scotland. See a new national park.
0: Bum, bum, bum. As if we need more reasons to go to Scotland. <laughs>
1: bum,
2: bum, bum,
1: bum, bum, ba- going to, to Scott. Going to Scotland's Loch and Le Monde and trot, uh, the Trossage National Park. Now you cue the, the Jurassic Park music. Except it's it's a little drunker than it did. <laughs> da,
2: da, 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 da. And that's no. We were talking about it a pre-show, and that's when you have <laughs> you have Jim hanging out of his car, and he slowly takes his sunglasses down. And he goes, "He did it, the crazy son of a bitch! He did it." <laughs> Welcome uh, to Whiskey Pop.
1: Park. <laughs> Uh, okay. Can, can the distillers on there always be in all white with, uh, <laughs> with, that that hat? Uh, that hat what, yeah.
2: What would be on the end of the cane if it wasn't a mosquito in amber?
1: Uh, it would be, uh, <laughs> it would be a small flask containing at least a nip of, a.
2: Or, or would it just be like a giant, like just a, a knob of peat <laughs> on the end of the cane? <laughs> well, uh,
1: anyway, the, uh, the park is at, uh, well, will soon welcome its first deli- d- uh, distillery, Glen Luss Distillery, which will also function as a brewery. Oh. Hmm. Uh, and offer a visitor experience. Well, at this point, you kind of have to. Hmm. And it's slated to open in May 2021, producing single malt along with other spirits and craft beer. Uh, Since so the opening date is still far off, the distillery has been begun crowdfunding operations to raise funds. Uh, range of benefits. Are available for investors. Uh, information can be found on their website. Glenless, uh will have a capacity of about sixty-five thousand liters of pure alcohol across its uh, different spirits, qualifying it as a micro distillery. Uh, hmm. By comparison, the major majority of single malt uh, single malt Scotch distilleries produce anywhere from several hundred thousand uh, uh, liters of pure alcohol to millions annually.
2: So the picture really sells the jurassic park vibe that we were pushing for like you look at that and it's i had to go find it (laughs) you're just like no you see that you get to it by helicopter you have to cross the lock (laughs) (laughs) that's when you have to have the hammond like tour guide stop there it is
1: it's the best Uh, there's a
2: the sun is always rising over the the mountain in the background.
1: Something's wrong with this mound of peat. And you got to stick your arm like <laughs> deep into it to get so a what? sample. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the. Uh, unlike U.S. whiskey distilleries, only a handful of Scotland's whiskey distilleries are truly micro. Uh, the heart of any distillery, regardless of its size, however, it's, its whiskey and Glen Liz has plans for a single malt in the works. Uh, The uh, details of the new scotch will be released uh, closer to the opening date, but it will be made with locally grown ingredients. Uh, Although uh, Lachlan already has a namesake distillery, the uh, facility isn't located within the National Park. Because of its location, Glenless is embracing its sustainability as a key part of its design and functioning energy efficient recycling reducing waste promoting area biodiversity using electric vehicles and preserving preserving wildlife habitats in the area are all measures that the distillery team uh plans to undertake in, uh, in the efforts to be environmentally conscious
2: so you're telling me they're going to be in charge of animals
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I was picturing eureka for some reason in my head but like if it was all whiskey themed
1: Uh, no uh although now now i'm thinking of is a combination of the two and it's taggart from eureka running a distillery
2: (laughs) yes so anyone wondering it would totally be him too Mm -hmm.
0: you know bob he's also an orphan black (laughs) 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 that was my Uh, opening i had to take it (laughs)
1: yeah no it's fine uh, Never
2: mind, it's not next to what I thought it was next
1: to. Okay well uh, Glenlus will be uh, be built on existing vacant premises within the village of Lus uh, the potential for new construction as necessary to expand like the micro distillery, the village is small with a population of less than 150 people. We believe Lus has all the right elements to create a micro distillery visit uh, visitor experience as Glenn Luss, co-founder and sales, uh, sales director Patrick. Quachand. Right. I don't know. There's a queue exactly. in there that shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> I could think done. of no better location to start this venture that, uh, that seeks to provide new, sustainable, year round tourist experience for visitors to LUS, creates jobs, and crucially will support community benefit projects.
2: Hmm. I was thinking of Loch Tay, my bad. Uh, it's where we went to the Scottish Cranog Center.
1: Hmm. I feel I feel uplifted after that last bit of after the first two bits were, were bad news. I think I think it's time to move on. Chris, hit me with some good news.
2: Well, well? have I got some opposite of good news for you,
1: <laughs> you monster? I teed you up.
2: You were supposed to lift me up. No, uh, we are still waiting for official news on our our event here but held over a two-week period every year in Munich, Germany. Oktoberfest commemorates the marriage of the crown prince of Bavaria to his wife, Princess Therese von... I'm not going to...
1: Session... That word. Session Session
2: Hildenbergassen. (laughs) And no, no,
1: no, no. Chris, I I refuse to let you keep saying this. I want to remain under denial. Well, the
2: wedding took place in 1810. This year, however, the second year ever... La, 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 <laughs> la, 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 Those celebrations will not take place. Also, the second year ever the Kentucky Derby has not been run. Uh, announced by German officials on Tuesday, Munich's 2020 October se- Octoberfest celebrations have officially been canceled.
1: My desk is too heavy to flip.
2: <laughs> Bavaria's <laughs> Minister President uh, Markus Söder and Munich's Lord Mayor Dieter Reiter who made the announcement together lamented the cancellation. Were they they better they better have toasted and drank a beer. Say, like, were they crying in mourning? But have deemed that the risk is simply too high admits coronavirus concerns.
1: Look, I understand, but. But alcohol kills the thing,
2: right? <laughs> More than 6 million revelers typically attend Oktoberfest annually. Not only a celebration of culture and good beer, the event usually adds over $1 billion to Munich's economy.
1: I have to imagine they spend $900 million in cleanup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Roughly. Yeah. So that's they're going to take a massive hit. Like it's, that's, you have to realize, them canceling it, flat out canceling it, like that is not a decision they came to easily. No. Uh, while the announcement comes as a blow to beer lovers and businesses, war and disease have caused previous Oktoberfest cancellations, and a resilient Germany has always recovered. That sentence, so was, that little right there, a resilient Germany has always recovered, because, is uh, terrifying you know, historically. You know, you know when. Other than this year, the last time it was canceled was uh, it was World War II. Yeah. The taps may be off this October, but Bavaria will bounce back. Oh, we uh, should all feel nervous. <laughs> uh, oh,
1: yeah. No, this is this is real bad news. Um, I know <laughs> I know they, they haven't announced for Cincinnati, but we're all kind of treating it like it's not going to happen.
2: There's no way they're going to allow uh, over half a million people to get together and drink in the streets when. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> what if we all wore masks and put like a straw from the beer and then like ran it underneath <laughs> the mask? Like, <sighs>
0: just I'm telling you, uh, like the guy from World's End, the crazy straw. Yeah.
1: Not so crazy now, <laughs> am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, <sighs> this makes me very sad. I, I need, I need something to get my mind off of this now.
2: Well, since okay, as they've said, uh, us in Kentucky, we're we're going through some stuff.
1: We're going through some stuff.
2: Yeah. Check on your Kentucky friends because we're in, it's it's Derby Day. We're recording this on Derby Day, and we're not we're not able to. Uh... Oh, well, we're not on that one yet. We're we're, <laughs> we're not
1: the, we're not there yet. Chris. Bad
2: transition.
1: It's fine. It's you the...
2: Maybe something Taco...
1: will fill, maybe something will help fill that void. Taco Tuesday taco Tuesday
0: tacos always help
1: tacos Cinco de Mayo do always always help. on taco Tuesday Chris we can't have Cinco de Mayo because we're all stuck inside you've brought it right back down again <sighs> maybe maybe if I had free tacos maybe if Jose Cuervo would buy me a taco that sentence sounded creepier than I thought it was going to. <laughs> one of the greatest experiences you can receive in life is when someone offers to pick up your tab, especially when you aren't expecting it. On that aptly timed Taco Tuesday, Jose Cuervo is offering to do just that. I'm trying to get this as announcery as possible, so the <laughs> last one was a sexual innuendo. <laughs> from now on, Cinco de Ma- from Now until Cinco de Mayo, Jose Cuervo is encouraging people to stay at home and order takeout food from their favorite local Mexican restaurant. Now I want Mexican food always. As a result, as a reward for smoking, supporting local, Jose Cuervo, smoking (laughs) smoking local, if you're in Denver, sure. (laughs) Um, As a reward for supporting local, Jose Cuervo will pick up the tab for a limited number of lucky diners through its Jose Cuervo Cinco Sweepstakes contest. The rules are pretty simple. The order, uh, order from your favorite local Mexican restaurant, snap a picture of your receipt and add the tags uh, Cinco to go and uh, sorry, hashtag Cinco to go and hashtag Cuervo contest and uh, tweet the picture to at Jose Cuervo. Not everyone will get a free meal, but every day Jose Cuervo will pick 250 people at random from Twitter submissions to reimburse them through Venmo.
0: That's with, awesome.
1: Yeah, with seven days between now and Cinco de Mayo, seven days as of when this was posted, which was on VinePair on the 28th. So less time now. <laughs> uh by the time it's still a couple days by the time this gets posted on the feed though so you know yeah okay uh not uh within seven days it's still plenty of chance to take your shot but the prospect of delicious possibly free tacos on the horizon it's one more reason to be excited for cinco de mayo even if it's calls for this year even if this year calls for cinco to go uh yeah i mean i do want tacos like
2: always
0: I wish we I would have known this beforehand because we totally had Chipotle today.
2: <laughs> For... Winning get tacos. Uh, still. Couldn't do that. It's gotta be tacos on Monday. We celebrate Monday. The Quattro. go to Quattro. Oh I Sega. was like, cuatro. what?
0: <laughs> uh the um there's actually an amazing taco place near my work. Uh just thinking about this. <laughs>
1: still on your Monday. Hmm. hmm. No, Monday is when you don't order tacos. Monday is when you order Mexican uh, Cinco de Maya paraphernalia and then put it in the streets and stomp on it.
2: <laughs> That's how you celebrate.
1: That's how you celebrate Cinco de Cuatro. It's really not the most progressive of holidays. Uh, A awful, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're looking for anything we can do to celebrate right now. Any kind of event, we can all get behind. In anything. Kentucky, <laughs> In Kentucky, we will race anything at this moment.
2: Anything that we can drink mint juleps and wear big hats to watch. I'd love to have a big hat. It's hot enough. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, not the mint julep, just want a big hat. I don't like mint
0: juleps. No. I don't want to drink mint.
2: Ugh. I'll never forget uh, uh, the the question asked uh, when I was in Scotland. Somehow, since uh, I'm from Kentucky, it came up. Someone was asking what a mint julep was. And someone else <laughs> re- replied, it's a racist Racist mojito. mojito. <laughs>
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, have to, I didn't I, correct
2: him. I was like, you know, that's, that's close not, enough. Not wrong. That's that's how
1: I that's how I referred to it to servers when I was bartending. <laughs> uh,
0: I have to read this as it says because it's horribly wonderful. Hold on to your hat, brush off your nice britches and grab a mint julep. The Kentucky Derby isn't completely canceled yet. Not all versions of the race at least. Mhm. On Thursday morning, Old Forester announced via Twitter that, in lieu of the postponed Kentucky Derby, originally slated for Saturday, the distiller will be reviving a tradition that hasn't been seen since 1945.
2: Huh. Kentucky... Seems like <laughs> yeah. that date's coming around a lot today.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a... uh, the Kentucky Turtle Derby
2: <laughs> seems like we're uh,
1: we, we canceled a lot of things back in
0: 1945. <laughs> hmm. I wonder why. Uh, back in 1945, the Kentucky Derby was postponed on account of World War II.
2: <laughs> kind mm. of a
0: big deal. During a temporary ban on horse racing, a group of sports reporters were brainstorming ideas for the annual Sports for Polio Fund. And the idea for a turtle race was born.
1: Man, because why not? <laughs> remember when we were trying to stop polio and we did it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Then then, then stuff just got more aggressive. Yeah, uh, no,
2: we, you mean we did it. When Bill Gates finally did it, like <laughs> yeah. two years ago.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it hadn't compared to what it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: it yeah. wasn't a problem anymore.
1: Our current president, er... our current president, didn't have it.
2: No, mm. but Bill Gates officially eradicated it, like a year or two ago. Mm.
0: So on uh, Saturday night, Old Forester, which typically provides the mint juleps served at the Kentucky Derby, pulling its resources to revive the turtle race. The competition will take place at 7 p.m. Eastern and can be accessed on Old Forester's YouTube page.
1: So uh, I'm just picturing this, the, the idea, and they're like, "Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. Whoa, let's put all of our our vast resources. What do we need? I don't know, like turtles. Eight turtles, a ring, and an announcer.
2: <laughs> someone Someone, bring your cell phone.
1: Someone call the Puppy Bowl." <laughs> People and
0: <laughs> figure this if
1: out. Only had been that good. I guarantee you, it cost more than we would think it would cost. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably
0: just to have good enough internet to stream. Uh, so those who plan to tune in, of course, this this uh, we have to do say. Uh, as the day we're recording this is the day it happened, <laughs> so, uh, just be aware there. Um, but of course, I, I believe you could still go to the old Forester YouTube page and check that out. Watch the race and yeah. all of its.
2: Wire um, action,
1: all <laughs> of no, its weird turtle sex having action.
0: <laughs> uh, so the wagers will serve as donations going to the hospitality industry emergency relief fund in order to help unemployed hospitality workers. Brown Foreman, the parent company of Old Forester, will be matching these donations
1: all the way up to $100,000. I keep forgetting, I need to make sure I try to donate to that because, yeah, as someone who used to work in that industry, I'm like. Oh, God,
2: they, they are
1: having a bad time.
2: And uh, I think we can officially announce the winner.
0: Yes, uh, so, uh, you know, tune out now if you want to avoid spoilers for the turtle race. But the winner...
2: It's also the worst named turtle ever.
0: What the turtleneck? <laughs>
1: it doesn't <laughs> even winner. really
2: make sense. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. it
1: I don't know what they're doing with their life. Chris, what should... You and me know what these turtles should have been named. At least four of them.
2: There's only four acceptable names if you have a turtle unless you're George R.R. Martin. (laughs) Fair.
1: (laughs) No, they should have been named after artists of some kind. Yes. Should have been Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Raphael.
2: Hmm. It's only acceptable names. So what do you do with the other four?
1: Uh, you name them after other artists, and you expect them not to win.
2: You name them uh, Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls.
1: I was going to go with uh, uh, Andy Warhol, Jackson Pollock. Uh, I can't think of any other modern artists. Okay. And that yeah. they're not even that modern. At all, no. Well, <laughs> look, the modern movement happened back at the... T- you know, turn of the 20th century. The postmodern movement has happened since then. I don't know where we are anymore. <laughs> well, that just sums everything up <laughs> right now. I don't know where we are either, quite
0: frankly. Uh, so, uh, on that note,
2: if <laughs> you'd like to find out where we are,
0: <laughs> we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news only show, but we also do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support, have a drink please go to either patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow or haveadrinkstore.com We will see you again uh, in a couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. And We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye!